Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute. The podcast where Ben and I talk about one minute. Hang on, I've heard it's been so long I've forgotten the intro. <laughs> Hang on, let me try it again. <laughs> the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And we are back. We had to take a couple weeks off to observe Christmas 2. I hope everybody in the audience had a good Christmas 2 this past March 25th. (laughs) Hopefully your living room didn't blow up when consuming those candy canes. Right. (laughs) That would be bad. Oh, man. Oh, man. And with this minute, Minute 97, that we're going to be talking about this week, where a lot happens, I have multiple pages of notes. I believe I have six pages of notes. It took him forever to get notes for this minute. Ben, are we going to be stretching this out? Are we now a monthly podcast for our last 12 (laughs) minutes of the movie? That's one way to expand our lifespan here on the podcast. I, (laughs) I don't know if we should do once a month, because... uh. If we do, it'll take us half the podcast just to be able to talk on the podcast again and not be tongue-tied every two seconds. So I don't know if we should do monthly. <laughs> I know. I almost forgot the intro there. <laughs> but I'm sure our listeners have noticed our absence. Right, Dooley? Dooley? Well, I, I'm sure we're missed. I'm sure somebody missed us. they're so used to us being sporadic at this point yeah i I suppose (laughs) we have not been very consistent uh this year in uh 2022 (laughs) i know i know we were so good we were so good up until uh this previous uh new year flip that uh i feel like we just want to savor these last few minutes of the movie because we've been looking forward to talking about them so long it's going to be bittersweet when it's all over with yeah maybe maybe it's our subconscious not wanting it to end so much like santa himself we gotta dust ourselves off and hop back in the sleigh because we gotta talk about minute number 97 now as you may recall last week patch has set joe free and joe is not very happy with the elf no. we cut off mid-word last time as Joe was going off on Patch. I do have a language warning here because (laughs) Joe does use some very strong language. He lunges for uh, Patch's throat. He wants to strangle Patch. Mm Mm-hmm. He does. I know Patch is short, but he is still a full-grown man. Barely compared to Joe, the way they, I must have, I know that Dudley Moore was short, but I feel like this had to have been kind of staged at some point where Joe was a little bit like propped up compared to Patch (laughs) to make him look smaller. You would think so. To Patch's credit, he doesn't really fight back. He's taken off guard, but man, man, Joe is really going for the throat, literally, as he (laughs) calls uh patch the following the following words let's see if i got them all right this is what the closed captionings and my own ears say we'll see if it matches up to what's in the book last week it cut off in the middle of the word stupid dumb stupid but the full insult he calls patch a dumb stupid idiot stink face creep who made the kids hate the best guy ever 
It's very close to what's in the book. The book says a big, dummy, stupid head, stink face creep who made kids hate the best guy ever. So it is very close. Very close. You know, I wasn't sure. I, I was thinking it could be stupid head, but like I said, the captioning, which, you know, is a little iffy, said stupid idiot stink face creep. Mm-hmm. It could be either one. I mean, idiot was a pretty common insult back in the 80s. I mean, I guess it still is, kind of. During the scuffle, we see a close-up of something landing on the floor, and it catches Patch's attention. Ben, what landed on the floor? It is the uh, very realistic carving of Patch as an elf playing on the piano. It is the wood carving that Santa gave to Joe. And I'm very confused, okay? About what? Now, I know that this is the whole point, is that this carving is to show up to prove to Patch that he's still on Santa's mind. But where, where is Joe keeping this giant statue thing? Yes, this big, bulky, wooden figurine. I'm assuming it must have been in, like, his side coat pocket. But still, he was manhandled by, Ta uh, not Towser, by Grizzard. Yeah. I can't keep the character straight anymore. And Yeah. And then he was tied up with this thing probably, like, jabbed into his stomach or his right. ribs or something. Yeah. So it, you don't see where it fell out of. No, because it was, it, because in filming, it was just tossed on the ground by <laughs> a set hand. In my mind, my, how my mind uh, filled in the gap was it was like in the, his side jacket pocket. But I suppose it could be in the inside. But no matter where he was storing this big bulky figure, what do you think, like four or five inches, six inches tall? Yeah, it's big. Jabbing into his stomach or his ribs as he's being tossed around like a rag doll by the bad guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this fell out of. I don't know how it stayed in his pocket so long. I have so many questions around this statue. Like, I just don't understand. Hey, what? What's this? Give me that. It's mine. Hey, where do you get it? He gave it to me. See, I told you I was his best friend. I do kind of like this. And in the last minute, Patch is very childlike in the way he argues back and forth with Joe. Yeah. You know, last time there was like a, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, where did you get this? Patch examines the figure. There's some emotional music going on on the soundtrack as he comes to the realization that it's his elf portrait and mm. that Santa does indeed like him after all. And I love how confused Joe is. Like He's like, yeah. huh? Yeah. huh? <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> he, had, he, he loves this first present that Santa gave him but didn't make the connection that it's a carving of the guy who's standing right in front of him, apparently. Yeah, because there's two reasons. One, the statue looks nothing like Dudley Moore. Well, I know we've gone patch, through that, and I, I, I disagree. Say. I still disagree. I think that's a very accurate, <laughs> uh, a fairly accurate wood carving of Dudley Moore as Patch. I, I don't, I'm not saying that the woodcarver did a poor job. I think it is a very well done wood carving. But I would not be able to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, that's the elf that's right here. Like, I wouldn't be able to distinguish between the two. But I do want to, I just want to point out real quick, in the book, it is, that statue is actually brightly painted. So it actually matches what Patch is wearing. Oh, yeah, I suppose. painted like Patch. I suppose we haven't brought that up, that it is unpainted. It's just like natural right. wood color. I guess he didn't send it off to 
Oh no, it's been so long. Who's the painter with the beard paint? Is that Goobler or Gooba? <laughs> no, no, Gooba. No, Gooba is the is the one that yeah, is yeah, does Gooba, the costuming. Gooba is the tailor. Yeah. So it would be Goobler who yeah. has his beards kind of braided to do the painting. I guess right. Goobler was busy that day. Yeah. Or I mean, Santa did this himself. You know, it wasn't part of the toy True. line. You know. Yeah, and. and as the book said, that it's been quite a while since Santa had carved a toy. So Centuries. He wanted it to be all Santa to Joe. Didn't want to right. send it off to a middleman to be painted. Exactly. And I'm sure we mentioned it last time, but this prop, the elf portrait of Patch slash Dudley Moore, the whereabouts are currently unknown. I hope it's in the Dudley Moore estate being preserved in some climate-controlled room with his artifacts from his career. Mm-hmm. I hope so. We can hope. I'm going to say it is, just to make my mind feel better. Then Patch starts to put his arm around Joe. He, like, takes a step up in a just a second, but he also says, Come on, kid. <laughs> he almost sounds frustrated, like, Come on, kid. But I'm sure that's not how it was intended. My elf portrait. He does like me after all. Huh? Come on, kid. Where are we going? We're going to the North Pole. Now, the step up... I thought he was going up the stairs again, but it's actually a step up to the file cabinet right. where he was storing the magical stardust earlier. Because we see him grab his spoon and his tin can, and just as he opens up, or I assume start starting to open up the file cabinet drawer, we boom, we're back to Cornelia's house. Yeah, because um, I, know, I know that we're kind of jumping ahead in the minute, but later on he has his sack that he brought with him from the North Pole. Oh, you'll have to point that out to me. Yeah. So I think he's opening that drawer to grab his, um, grab the stardust sack that he brought with him. So, but I just want to say, like, I feel like Joe switched from wanting to beat up Patch to being like, where are we going? Really quick. Like, I don't know if my brain would have calmed down to understand what was going on that fast at 10 years old. To go from thinking this guy is helping kidnap me and ruin Christmas and hate Santa to, okay, I'll go with you. And, and we also have to point out that Patch is still holding the elf porter. He hasn't given right. it back. <laughs> right. And Joe's just, just, like you said, totally cool with it now. He's like, yeah. okay, whatever. I'll yeah, just go I, with it. <laughs> I feel like maybe there should have been a little bit more resistance from Joe with this, but. Before we move on to the townhouse and Cornelia and Santa himself, mm -hmm. we do get a nice shot at a different angle of the area where Joe is being held captive. It definitely looks like some sort of maintenance or storage area yeah. because we see all sorts of tools and debris in the background. There's even one of those white boxes, you know, with the silhouettes of the kids on it mm -hmm. down on the floor, which is a nice attention to detail. I'm going to say that a, a lot because in Cornelia's room, there's a couple bits that they didn't have to do but for the purpose of our podcast i am glad they did we like i'm so tickled by them <laughs> but it, yeah it's like a junk box junk empty box the same ones we'd seen in the toy factory from earlier it's on the floor obviously just throwing tools or bits of pipe or whatever yeah. into yeah just like a real maintenance worker would like just grab whatever box is around mm -hmm. so like i said before we get to see what uh patch is pulling out of the file cabinet drawer we are back in Cornelia's room, and she is nervously pacing the floor. Yes, she is. So like I said, she's pacing back and forth, 
as she's walking with her back turn, we see Santa, poof, he appears. His magical lighted sparkles come, and there he is standing in the room. Santa hugs him and says, It's you, thank heaven. And then Santa immediately starts asking about Joe. How is he? I don't know. Where is he? My step-uncle's got him. Listen, those candy canes. Tell me on the way. Now, we're not leaving this room yet. <laughs> the scene is probably mere seconds long. But there is a lot to talk about here. I'm going to toss it over to you because there is a clock visible yes. on the mantle above Cornelia's fireplace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still can't get over that she has a fireplace <laughs> in her bedroom. But anyway, what time does that clock say? 5.20 p.m. Okay, so we have quite the timeline for this day. We do. Did, okay. did, we, have the, did we have the date nailed down? No. Two weeks after Christmas of 1985. Yeah, well, we had, like a, we had a tentative date of January 8th, 1985. Okay, we'll go with that. Which is a Tuesday. The, <laughs> so the events of this morning began around 3 a.m. when... Towser came over, woke up BZ. Mm -hmm. They kidnapped Joe, who sneezed, etc. You go back, listen to all those minutes. Right. And then uh, Cornelia wrote her letter at... Well, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'm going to throw it to you. Okay, <laughs> okay. Ben. We okay. have... This is going to be fascinating. Because <laughs> not only the timeline of the movie, but we can calculate how fast Santa got from the North Pole to New York City... And this will give us uh, all sorts of fascinating information. And Ben has it all for us. Okay. <laughs> Go for it, Ben, after that buildup. <laughs> okay. So as we mentioned back in minute uh, 95, 94, 95, uh, the letter that Cornelia wrote went up through the chimney due to magic at 8, 10 a.m. that morning. Because we're talking about how long it took her to write to Santa. So it disappeared at 8.10 a.m. New York City time. Okay, so what I did was I did some research and I found out that the North Pole is five hours ahead of New York City. So that means that the letter that Cornelia sent actually was leaving New York City at three at one ten in the afternoon North Pole time. Okay, so but we don't know how long it takes for letters to get from the world to the North Pole. We have no idea what the timeline there is. Is the magical North right. Wind? We have no clue. But what I have been able to determine <laughs> is, but I'm going to be talking in North Pole time. Okay, so sometime between one ten. In 4.20 p.m., Santa must have gotten the letter from Cornelia's and read it because he states that they have to hitch up the reindeer for 1,900 hours. So, and that would be 7 p.m. So that's about a three-hour gap of them getting the reindeer, getting them hitched up and ready to go. Okay. So. Okay. Are you following me so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I am. I'm so, hanging on every word. <laughs> so now, Santa arrives at Cornelia's house at 5.20 p.m. New York City time, which would be t uh, 10.20 North Pole time, okay, at night. So 
in order for Santa to make it from the North Pole to Cornelia's house, he would have to be flying at 1,031 miles per hour. Wow. To make it there. So how long did it take him time-wise? If he left at 1,900 hours at the North Pole and he arrived at Cornelia's house at 2220, that means it took him three hours and 20 minutes to get to New York. That's why he was flying 1,031 miles per hour. That is pretty impressive. Now, you have to remember he is also down two reindeer. But I want to state that on average, the highest, the high speed of an airplane to fly that distance would be, the, the speed is 575 miles per hour. That's the top average speed of an airplane. And by plane, it would have taken him five hours and 55 minutes to get from the North Pole to New York. So he cut that in half. With that is six impressive. reindeer. So, so we have it on record here in this movie that Santa's sleigh can go twice as fast as the fastest airplane. With six reindeer. Yes, there is a margin of error because mm-hmm. Santa is down two reindeer. So it's possibly he can go even faster than that. And he doesn't have Christmas Eve magic going for him. That kind of right. moves time wibbly-wobbly with him. Right. And he, he could also, I guess it's also fair to assume he could also be really pushing the reindeer. Like, mm-hmm. it's an emergency. Gotta right. get to Joe. Gotta, gotta get yeah. there ASAP. But he... But he also does not have the weight of all of the toys on the sleigh either. Oh, true. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So there's a lot of variables in there that we can't attest to, you know. But it's still fascinating to have a rough idea of how fast Santa can travel. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty quick trip if you think about it. Three and a half hours from the North Pole to New York. He could visit any time he wanted. I suppose so. (laughs) That just dawned on me, too. It's like, nope, I can only see Joe once a year. In the book, it states that this is... um, uh, this is the first time the reindeer have, are flying when it's light out. So it's like a totally different experience for them to be able to see everything on the ground and whatever. I, I would also have to assume that many people in New York must have caught a glimpse of Santa I don't know. flying through the sky in broad daylight, five in the afternoon on a random January Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe, but we have not determined that adults can see him yet. No, that that is left very vague in the movie. There were yes. no light shots of people on the street looking up and going, huh? Nope. <laughs> so before we leave Cornelia's room, lots of details. We get more proof that Cornelia herself is an animal lover. On the mirror, there's a large mirror mounted above that fireplace. And there are like decals of animals in the mirror. We see a polar bear. We see a little raccoon kind of like hanging over a branch with its little paws. And a bird. I think it's a duck. They kind of look like the posters that she had on the front of her desk. So I wonder if they were like a like a stationary set, you know? Maybe. But these are cut out like they were like, yeah. like, like stickers, big stickers yeah. you could place on the mirror. There is a corkboard with that picture of a puppy dog as a poster. We saw glimpses of this earlier, also surrounded by photographs and maybe greeting cards or hand drawings. 
but you can't make out even in the HD version. I was seeing it looked like there's some sort of inspirational quote on the puppy poster. I could not make it out even in high definition. And I tried to reverse Google image search this poster and came up with nothing, sadly. <laughs> on the other side of the room, on the other side of the mirror, there are eight frames. Most of them are smaller picture frames. There's a larger one. I can't tell if they're photographs or artwork or postcards in those frames. Still not clear, even in high def. Did you have anything to add? Nope. The image in the big picture frame looks like maybe Christmas trees, but it's like, why would she have frame picture of Christmas trees? Like, I thought it was cat related. <laughs> oh, I suppose it could be. Maybe those are, I was like hoping like, oh, maybe they're like pictures of her parents in those frames, but you can't tell anything from anything, sadly. No. So just before they uh, rush to the fireplace area, they kind of do that thing, you know, in Harry Potter where they run through the, uh, at the train station, you know, kind of mm -hmm. run, run at the wall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but before they go, Santa is thoughtful enough to grab Cornelia's jacket, mm -hmm. which is conveniently on the bed. Because originally, I was, when they cut to her in the sleigh here in a couple seconds, she's wearing her jacket. And I go, hey, wait a second. She was wearing this pink pink uh, sweater sweatshirt in her bedroom. Now she's wearing a coat. Mm -hmm. But no, Santa, Santa had us covered. He was, he was thoughtful enough to grab that coat for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I like the how other... they I like oh, how they turn to run out the fireplace. Like he doesn't even have to do that. Like they could just go from there. They don't have to go towards the fireplace. It's like an extra step that's not needed. <laughs> that could have that would have been point two seconds of uh, wasted time. And the other attention to detail that we both love, we both caught this uh, a while ago. Is that there is a like a circular mirror on Cornelia's desk, yep. way off to the viewer's right hand side of the screen, and when Santa poofs into the room, and you see the magical burst of uh, sparkly light, you can see the reflection of that in that little mirror. Something they totally did not have to do, but they did it anyway. Yeah, the only thing they didn't do is they didn't get any of the sparkles when they left. But you can easily say that it just wasn't in frame and get away with that. Because even the magical light, they didn't have to do that because that that part of the frame would have been cropped out in like every full screen version of the movie. Yeah. And nobody but us would even notice it. <laughs> You'd have to be crazy like us and go through this thing frame by frame to even uh, notice that they put that detail in there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't believe this movie was even reissued in widescreen after it went out of theaters until the 2000 DVD release. Mm -hmm. Because I think even the Laserdisc was full frame. So nobody saw that special effect. We may be <laughs> the first people who saw and appreciated that. <laughs> so we have to get that out into the world. Yeah. So now we're outside again. The tiny miniature sleigh is taking off of the townhouse roof. It is zipping right along. It's blurred so much. Even in high definition, I couldn't freeze frame it enough to tell if there was a tiny Cornelia in there with Santa. I have to assume there is because we know a tiny Cornelia exists in miniature form. I would say there, there's at least a tiny person because you can see like a like kind of like a black cone next to the Santa that is not part of the sleigh. And attention to detail again, there are what appears to be only six 
miniature reindeer attached to the tiny sleigh. Yep. Their green screen doesn't work too well, though, because half of the antlers have been... <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that, especially in high definition, you can see, it, you can see a couple splotches. Yep. Like floating <laughs> above the lead reindeer where, yeah, the... Now that I now that you mentioned it's the green screen kind of wiping out the antlers. Yeah. Maybe that's why they kind of blurred it a bit more than usual. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they exploded? That's what they said when they got hot. I called the police, but I don't think they believe me. We've got to hurry. Great line reading there by uh, Carrie. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> now, uh, we'll talk about this more later down the line. We do have confirmation here that Cornelia did call the police. We'll see whether or not they took her seriously or not soon. But can you imagine how that phone call must have gone? <laughs> I, I, guess... I We have to assume she also told them about the uh, kidnapping. Right. Though, I mean, I guess if BZ has this reputation, you know, that they probably would believe her about the candy canes exploding. You know, with his reputation of not having such great products. The kidnapping, though, I don't know if they would... I don't know how they... Or why... I don't know. I, I don't know how they would take that one. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure they, the police would take this phone call from a random 12-year-old girl seriously. <laughs> I mean, but, I'm sure she had to say who she was. Yeah, I'm Cornelia... Zimmerman. <laughs> I don't know if she would have the same last name or not. That, I we, don't know. We don't know. We never find out her last name. No. But in my head, this could have been a a good scene for like I called the police. Like, well, let's Santa could be like, we got we got to go pay the police a visit. You know, she could come in. I called you earlier. Aren't you going to do anything? We we got to help Santa. Then you know, we could have a typical Santa movie scene. Mm. But like you said, we haven't seen any adults interact with Santa right? this entire movie besides Anya or the Vendigum elves. Right. I could see, can't you see the police chief like kicking back like, yeah, and I'm the Easter Bunny. Then Santa pops in mm -hmm. and then he goes, oh, get all the boys over to that toy factory. <laughs> Give yeah. Santa a little more to do. <laughs> Santa could be like have his arms crossed. Now, now are you going to listen to her now? Huh? <laughs> Santa? Oh, I suppose if it was any other Santa movie, that would have been in there. This isn't a comedy. <laughs> we treat it like a comedy, but it isn't written as a comedy. <sighs> that would have been a very serious scene. No, it would not. If, if you could see the way John just acted that out while we're talking about it, you know that it would not be a serious scene at all. It must have taken them a lot, a lot of willpower, self-control, not to have a Santa in jail scene in this movie. Yeah. An 80s Santa Claus movie without Santa going to jail. Or just a Santa Claus movie in general without Santa yeah. being in jail for a few minutes. Uh, yeah, I think every single Santa movie other than this one, <laughs> he's in jail at least for a night. They catch him like, hey, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. I'm Santa. <laughs> and then he gets all the convicts to like sing along to a yeah. Christmas song or something. That was in Christmas Chronicles. 
Chronicles and of Ernest Christmas and or whatever. Tim Allen, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyway, back back to our Santa Claus movie where he <laughs> does not go to jail, does not no. interact with the police whatsoever. Nope. We will find out shortly if the police took Cornelia's phone call seriously or not. Come on, boys! And you can see the wind blowing back Cornelia's hair there as they mm-hmm. go out of frame. Now, in the book, he doesn't say, come on, boys. Yeah, interesting. What does he say? Anything? Yes. In the book... It says, Santa's face grew even grimmer. We haven't a second to lose, he said, and shouted to his reindeer. On Donner, on Blitzen, on Dasher, on Vixen, on Cube. He broke off, remembering as his eyes found only empty space. Oh, I forgot. We've only got six. Times Times are tough, huh? Cornelia said soberly and suddenly thought of Joe. The more time they spent together, the more they sounded alike. She met Santa's questioning, worried glance with her own, and they flew on in silence. (laughs) So so, Santa's like, oh, I've only got six. And she's like, times are tough, huh? Times are tough, eh? (laughs) Well, I I can see they had to tighten it up a little bit. And then it's like 10 seconds of them just sitting there awkwardly in silence. <laughs> he glances over and just sees two empty reindeer reins just dangling there. <laughs> so now we are back at the toy factory and we see Joe and Patch are loading a cart with handfuls of candy cane, which they are grabbing from a pile that appears to be spilling out from behind a set of curtains. Yes, I have this. I have this. Okay. It says that... Uh, Patch led him through the factory to a vast storeroom where a glowing mountain of magic candy canes lay at the foot of a huge chute waiting to be wrapped for shipping. But in the movie, this is clearly just the same room that everything happens in this factory. Because the, 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 um, the poles behind Patch, that's just the stairway that's right next to where the car is parked. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking because yeah. we'll we'll get into it soon. We only get a little, maybe like a frame or two of it in this minute, but yeah, it jumps right from them throwing handfuls of candy canes into this cart to Patch getting into his car, and I believe that's the door. Uh, was is that the same door that Towser and BZ, like they walked up that ramp and took this door to see Patch in his research and development earlier in the movie? Yes. Apparently, they're not concerned at all by the throbbing red glow of these candy canes. (laughs) I guess not. Well, I guess it's probably just the stardust, he thinks, you know, glowing. Yeah, true. It's like, well, I did up the the dosage in these. But you can see on the tray that they're putting the candy canes in, that is Patch's sack with the stardust sitting right on the corner of it. What's that big, like, bubbly plastic bag? That, that... That's 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 what I'm talking about. That's it. That's what he put in his little satchel when he left the North Pole. It seems to have regenerated. That looks a lot bigger. Yeah. It's very full thing of he's... stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks a lot bigger than mm-hmm. the one he had flung over his shoulder when he left the North Pole. So, mm-hmm. maybe our theory that, you know, he's been breaking down the same little batch of stardust making it unstable for over a year. Or he's just collected stuff in the human world while he's been there. Oh, okay, and that's just yeah. all of his stuff bringing he's bringing back to the North Pole. <laughs> I mean, it could be either one. 
<laughs> it's up to the viewers' uh, interpretation, I guess. He's enough here to take care of all next year's Christmas orders. Santa Claus can take a year off. His first vacation, wouldn't that be great? Hey, so hopefully no kids at all want toys in 1985. <laughs> yep, no toys. <laughs> You're getting a candy cane whether you like it or not. Santa's taking the year off. Because this will be Patch's gift to Santa, giving Santa his first vacation ever. So I know there is quite the overflowing amount of candy canes here, but enough candy canes to fulfill every order that the North Pole gets for an entire year. Well, we don't know how many are already in the car. We don't, I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know. Because it sounds like Towser took a few batches. He was putting some in storage elsewhere on property. Right. I mean, granted, one box got near the radiator and blew up part of the lab. Right. But you have to assume he Towser was trying to make, make himself helpful and was taking big cases off right. to put somewhere else. So there could yeah. potentially be ready see the, and these are apparently not packaged ready to go. Remember the Puse Pups came in very intricate BZ approved packaging. Well, yeah, you also have to remember this is only he's only been working on this for 2 weeks. Oh, yeah, true, true enough. So, you know, we don't know how long he's actually been making candy canes cuz he had to change the the machine to make candy canes instead of lollipops and you had to up the dose and do whatever else so we don't know how long he's actually been making the candy canes but i'm going to assume that he's only been working on this for such a short period of time that he's bringing these back to show santa and then the elves can make these at the north pole that's true that's true he's like look what i can do yeah. We can turn these out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can go with that. Mm -hmm. And now we have a very abrupt cut from them loading the cart with candy canes to just a couple frames, maybe one second in our minute. Patch is getting into the driver's seat of the Patchmobile. He now has on his hat with his flight goggles. And then our yep. minute ends. They really condensed <laughs> the action here. <laughs> they did. Because even though we have 12 minutes of movie left, probably at least five of those are the end credits. Right. We're almost at the end of the, the part of the movie that there's acting in it. So, phew, what a minute. What a wild ride. I think we got a few more wild rides uh, in the coming weeks. <laughs> we'll try not to keep you hanging too long. No guarantees. But one of these Wednesdays, there will be a brand new episode with Minute 98 included. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to do it next week or the week after. I don't know. But we could try to get back to our schedule. We don't know. Well, Life I think just throws stuff at you, you know? I, I hope it was worth the wait. I think this mm -hmm. is going to run a little longer than our last episode. So Yeah, I think so. And man, I'm all pumped up. I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> so Ben, if people miss us and still want to talk about santa claus the movie with us where can they contact us on the internet you can reach us at santa by the minute at gmail.com or you can reach us at santa minute on facebook instagram and twitter ben and i post a brand new episode uh, periodically on wednesdays and as always you can listen to any of those episodes for free